In order for the future of company culture to truly be future-proofed, it would have to be a cohesive strategic agreement between the CEO and the chief human resources officer. Let's talk about it. Hey, greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. This is season two, episode 26, and we're talking about the future of company culture, part two, the HR perspective. Last week, we gave some uh, vital information as it relates to a company culture and what company culture is. And so we'll just kind of revisit, I guess, the definition of what that is. And so um, as uh, SHRM, which is the Society for Human Resource Management, defines it as the way or in this way, an organization's culture defines the proper way to behave within the organization. This culture consists of shared beliefs and values established by leaders and then communicated and reinforced through various methods, ultimately shaping employee perceptions, behaviors, and understanding. So that's what, you know, um, that's what company culture is. And, and again, as we stated that Peter Drucker says that culture eats strategy for breakfast, Right. Culture eats strategy for breakfast and your culture. What, what many people don't realize is a study that was done by Denison Consulting found that companies with winning organizational cultures have 72 percent higher employee engagement ratings than the organizations with weak cultures. So that's what drives you know, what drives employee engagement and employee retention is your company culture. Last week, we were giving the leadership perspective, you know, um, as it relates to company culture, what leaders can do to ensure that the companies have, you know, winning cultures. But now we're looking at it from the uh, HR perspective, right? So, First of all, what we have to do is give a clear definition of, you know, what is human resources? What is a HR? That's what the HR stands for, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> right. What is HR? An HR department is tasked with maximizing employee productivity and protecting the company from any issues that may arise within the workforce. HR responsibilities include compensation and benefits, recruitment, firing and keeping up to date with any laws that may affect the company and its employees. So how does HR maximize uh, employee engagement or employee productivity? Well, there are three ways to look at it, right? So the first one is protecting the employee. Number two is educating the employee. And number three is empowering the employee. See, if, if toxic uh, behavior in a workplace is left unchecked, it will spread and kill the organization. And the only antidote is strong, positive leadership. And that's including HR leadership. And HR can protect their employees, educate their employees, and empower the employees. 
So when you protect the employee, uh, you have to think in terms of protecting them, not only from the ignorance of outside forces, but also from themselves. The first level of defense is education. Employees should be educated uh, to not only laws and bylaws and procedures, but also the mission, vision, core values and KPIs of the organization. And, and, and this is done through a structured onboarding process and a system of one on one impact conversations. Now, why is onboarding so important? Right. Uh, you know, well, did you know that employees who participate in a structured onboarding program are 69% more likely to stay with an organization for three years. I repeat that. Research shows that employees who participate in a structured onboarding program are 69% more likely to stay with an organization for three years. So just think about that with that 69%, right? 69% of employees have one foot out the door. Half of the employees plan to actively job hunt in 2021, up from one third in 2020. So again, that's, uh, that, that's not a good, you know, those are not, that's not a good look in other words, right? So the, uh, again, so uh, as we stated here, that the first level of defense is education. Employees should be educated to not only laws and bylaws and procedures, but also the mission, vision, core values and KPIs of the organization. And again, as we stated, this is done through a structured or onboarding process and a system of one on one impact conversations. Now, you may ask, you know, why impact conversations? <clears throat> Excuse me. What employees do um, and don't do have the potential and, in fact, does impact your company. And, you know, it impacts your company in several different ways. But there are like three to four more important ways. Number one is a product and services output. Right. Their work performance. Number two, it impacts your ideal customer, your ideal customer. And number three, uh, it impacts your reputation of the organization, which of course could in turn impact the bottom line, you know, of your organization or the financial impact of your organization. Right? So, uh, when, 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 when you are looking at being an HR perspective, you know, from the HR perspective, you know, company culture, um, when you're doing your promoting of those who are in leadership positions, you know, it's it's good. It's a good practice to promote those from inside rather than hiring from outside. Why? Because regardless of how the culture is, if you promote from inside. Right. You know, these people are already accustomed to what the culture is. See, and when internal hire success rates are high, organizations are for uh, 4.7 times more likely to have high overall leadership quality. <clears throat> but this is when you're promoting from the inside. But you have to have a strategic leadership succession plan, right? You, you can't just promote someone. See, this is one of the issues in organizations that they promote people mostly because of tenure, 
You know, you've been there long enough. Uh, you know the organization. You know the culture, right? And so they start promoting these people. But these, you know, some of the people that they promote, you know, generally, uh, or some of them don't have leadership aspirations. In fact, a book that was written by Jim Clifton and Jim Harder called It's the Manager states that the wrong talent match is promoted into leadership positions 82% of the time. And so why are and then what happens is when you have promoted, you know, a um, high performer into a leadership position who does not have the same traits or leadership traits as a high potential employee, then what ends up happening is you lose a high performer and gain a bad manager. And 75 percent of the reason why people quit their jobs is because of the manager. So companies, organizations, you have to be intentional about your process of promoting people from uh, from performing to leadership positions, not just based on tenure. OK, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I was reading here uh, from Wonderlick.com and they have this article that they're talking about. And here is a not so fun fact. When they asked HR pros and hiring managers if they ever discovered that someone misrepresented themselves during the hiring process, 72.3% of HR pros and 80.9% of hiring managers said yes. Interestingly, these findings align fairly closely with the recent study that found that 78% of candidates polled admitted that they had or would consider misrepresenting themselves in an uh, application uh, in, or in their application. So this is why, you know, when you're doing your hiring and interviewing, instead of looking at, you know, the resumes and cover letters and references, which, you know, is, is really becoming a little more antiquated as it relates to being an ideal candidate for a job, um, but using more of an evidence or science-based, you know, hiring process, right? And in simplest terms, um, a, an, an evidence or science-based pro hiring process incorporates the factors that are the most predictive of job outcomes. Uh, this evidence is used to determine scientifically which factors are more likely to uh, predict job performance than others. So basically, you know, you're using a combination of not just uh, what it looks like as qualifications, but historical qualifications and work performance. Right. Along with, you know, work attendance, along with uh uh, you know, not only performance, but then, you know, it, it's bigger than a personality assessment, in other words, right? You're looking at the overall productivity of a potential candidate uh, for positions within your organization. You have to be intentional about that. You know, what happens, especially now after this COVID-19, uh, when companies um, have furloughed so many people, but now they're looking at a hiring boom, right? Trying to fill these positions, but people have become accustomed to not being in the office, um, or not being at a job, but in some people have even started their own business, but then some people have become accustomed to being at home or, or, you know, owning their own time. <laughs> they, they don't want to come back to work. Right. So it, it, there's a word that many companies can use, you know, which is flexibility. 
uh, or or hybrid even you know type of uh work work environments where part home part at the office you know at times and so but again um uh, you have to look at your hiring process and it being bigger than just a personality assessment. Okay, so in terms of DDI, did a um, a back in I think it was twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, and they've also done one now for twenty twenty one workforce, and we'll get into that in a later podcast. But um, in terms of quality, HR professionals and uh, assessments of their organization's leadership development programs were lower than their leaders. 78% see their leadership career planning uh, pathway systems as only moderately effective or worse. 48% do not use information from the assessments and simulations uh, to make leadership hiring and promotion decisions. 50% do not have well-integrated, strategically aligned leadership development programs or process. 65% 65% do not believe their leaders have high-quality, effective development plans. 35% do not uh, have a program to develop high potentials, and 45% of those do, uh, and 45% of those that do, don't measure the effectiveness of their programs. See, so why would you have a leadership development program, but you don't have a system to measure the effectiveness of that leadership development program? Once again, I go back to it, and it all feeds into company culture. Organizations and organizational leaders and HR professionals must have a comprehensive partnership as it relates to structuring your company culture that leads to um, high employee engagement and high employee retention, which feeds into high uh, customer service or their um, work output, which leads to, you know, retaining your ideal uh, uh, customers. And then, of course, it, you know, impacts uh, your bottom line or the money uh, that you're making. So you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional and strategic, right, about how you're doing this. And you have to keep the end result of what you want your culture to look like in mind. So leaders and HR leaders must be in consistent communication, right, and planning sessions together, impactful one-on-ones together to make sure that your company culture is inviting, right, Uh, but it's inviting for your ideal hiring candidate. And 47% of those that are hired from or promoted from within right, are more likely to stay with your company for three years or more in that position. So look at developing, look at your succession plans, HR leaders and leaders, hiring managers, look at your succession plan and what is it that you're actually missing in that succession plan? Because again, once you're an organization that's just hiring people just to put cheats in seats, you're not looking at the quality of the person, you're not looking at the Besides the ordinary background check, you're not looking at the work history of the person, right? Looking if you if you're not paying attention to your candidate, then you may have a candidate that comes in there that's toxic, 
right? That can destroy, if you do have a good company culture, that can start the process of destroying company culture, that good company culture, because they came from a bad company culture, right? And so one thing that you have to also, uh, you know, think about as it relates to that is, you know, one of the worst things that a company can do is to let a bad employee go unchecked. Because that destroys the morale of your good employees, which in the, which in turn starts producing the toxicity in your company culture. So the HR perspective is, you know, for the HR representatives who are in there um, to just simply, you know, making sure that you are protecting the employee. This is with the laws and bylaws, right? educating the employee on how these laws and bylaws impact, you know, company culture, impact, you know, their like benefits and their pay out and and all of this and then empowering the employee with this education and with this protection to go out and do the best job that they can do because now they have the power of education and protection. Thank you. Are you promoting the right people into leadership positions? How do you know? How do you measure the outcome you're looking for? Listen, let us help you. Please visit www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com and request a half hour conversation so we can help you with all of your leadership development needs. Oh, always remember, leadership is influence and service. Hey, thank you so much for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast Season 2, Episode 26. As we were discussing the future of company culture, the HR perspective. And so what we were talking about was some numbers, you know, we gave some numbers out. But really, the bottom line is HR representatives and leaders must have a cohesive bond in order to future proof their organizations. And so, again, looking at company culture and employee retention and their bottom line and their ideal customer products and services, you have to keep that in scope at all times. And so thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, here at JM Leadership Development, our primary goal is to assist your company with identifying and developing your leadership bench. If you would like to have a conversation about us doing a presentation or keynote at your next event or about, you know, your leadership bench, including helping you develop one, please do not hesitate to reach out to us via email at info at jmleadershipdevelopment.com or give us a call at 828-333-7234 and we'll respond promptly. But in the meantime, please subscribe and give us a good review for this podcast on many podcast platforms including Apple, Google, Spotify, and more under the name Jason A. Muhammad slash leadership is. Uh, you also may follow us on social media. Twitter is at Leadership JM. Facebook and Instagram is JM Leadership Development. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.